0: Well, Katie, thank you so much for being here and sharing your time and energy with the Raise Your Vibration podcast audience. Um, I always say that this this community that you're coming onto and being a part of is like my soul family. I can feel their energy every time I record. I feel the beauty and like the love and support. So. For you to know that they are just like the most beautiful, energetic humans on this planet. That you know, I might be biased, um, but two for the <laughs> listeners to know how I connected with Katie. Katie actually lives in Colorado as well. I don't know how. I think like someone had sent me your Instagram story that you were hosting a women's circle, um, maybe a month or two ago. Time is hard for me, and I felt the pull to go. And then what I loved about Katie is that your energy just feels really authentic. It feels really real. It feels really grounded. Um, And the women you brought to that circle were such incredible people, incredible souls. So I'm excited to share you with the audience
1: and also just get to know you a little bit better in this conversation. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and feel honored that I'm part of your whole community now and get to talk to them. And yeah, it's amazing. So I appreciate it. Yes, I love them a lot. (laughs)
0: Um, Katie, tell me a little bit about like what it is that you are doing right now and like what you're excited about, what you're working on right now. And then we can kind of talk about, I mean, there's a few things on the list, like recovering Catholic and a few other things that I mentioned before that I definitely want to dive
1: into. You see stuff to talk about. Yeah. So I'm a women's embodiment coach and energy healer. So my main thing is getting women out of their heads and into their bodies. And one huge tool I use to do that is I use the four elements which I recently spent a month and a half in Guatemala and I was in a month long course there and they use the elements to dive deeper into who you are and why you're here. Um, So I pull a lot of that from that course and weave it into my programs. Um, And that has been like a huge change to understand of like we are all four of these aspects. And when we're kind of lacking in one area, we can see where we need to pull more strength and add to it and then once we kind of integrate it all, really feel whole again. So elements like, um,
0: would that be like fire, air, water, earth? Is that like what you're saying? Okay, so let's say, oh, and all the dogs are gonna go off right now. This is amazing. I, can you hear them? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. It's like, I live in an apartment. And so like every once in a while, I saw your no go by and they just, the whole apartment goes off. Mm-hmm. The listeners are used to dog noises. So perfect. yeah, we're good. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, so let's say like when you're looking at a client, how do you tell if like, let's say
1: for me, like how would you tell if I'm imbalanced in one of those areas? So I'm not the one telling you, you're telling you, like, my big thing about coaching Mm -hmm. is like, I don't know you, you know, you, so I'm here to work as a guide. Like, I'm not going to give you advice. I can give you what's worked for me and my perspective and maybe some different shifts, but I truly believe in the people I work with. Like Mm -hmm. they are the ones who know the answers. So I'll just work through some things of of guiding them along the way. And people typically know where they're lacking. Like, oh, I don't really have much of a connection to my physical body. So we will need to work on that. And what's cool is they might not realize where they're lacking and just working together will bring up like, Oh wow. I actually alchemized my mental body a little bit more and here's the shift that happened. So it's complete. It's like client driven. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I'm just guiding along the way.
0: Can I ask like, if so the listeners could have kind of like a background, like let's say I'm totally new to understanding the, which I am. So this mm-hmm. is awesome for me to learn something new. Um, if I was to look at each of the elements, like how would I know if there's a deficiency of one or like how, if that's out of balance, like how do you look, my Minnesota accent always comes out on balance. I'm like, oh.
1: <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> Chicago- <laughs>
0: That's right. You got the Midwest going. Well, maybe not as far north as I. have got the O's. I've got the Canadian O's. Right. <laughs> uh, how would I know? Like, if one of those areas is out of balance for me, like, can can we see if by or can you like kind of describe what each of those elements
1: are and how they show up in the like, how do they present? Sure. It's like the most simple way to talk about it is so earth is your physical body. Water is emotional body. Air is mental body. Fire is spiritual body. Mm -hmm. So we're really looking at those different spore bodies um, because we inhibit all of them. And so for me, I actually didn't know where I was lacking the most until I was going through the process. So it's really just what is your relationship to this part of your body? So you'll go through it. And like, where do you want to be? where are you really like get really, really honest with yourself of where you're at and what actions do you need to take to get there? And what is preventing you? Like, what's the negative, where are the fears? And so, um, and then we go through the list of like one through 10 of where you really are. And then that's where you could see, okay, this is where you're lacking. So it's really just you being like this, this is where I want to be. And, and, and honestly, I'm not there. So, or I'm kind of actually almost there. So that's the simplest way that when we dive in right away of where you might be lacking that element. Okay, cool. Okay. I like that, that you related it to the, like the physical body. Cause I was like, um,
0: I don't know what air, mm-hmm. this is totally new concept to me. <laughs> um, how did you find like where, like on your path, like how did you get connected with the school? Like what brought you to that place? Like what was the journey to finding this metaphysical school. I think you said it was in Guatemala.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I had a really hard year last year. It was a lot of childhood trauma was coming up that I had completely shoved down my entire life. Um, and my partner Traver and I were spending the winter in Costa Rica. So I was doing months and months of healing. And while I was definitely getting better, I wasn't like where I wanted to be. So probably within the first two weeks of being down in Costa Rica, I of course hoped that just being in a new place, uh, like magically I would feel better. I transformed (laughs) all the things that don't happen. And I was just in this existential crisis of like, who the hell am I and what am I doing in this world? Like I always knew what I wanted to do, but. There was a huge block. And so Trevor had been down in Guatemala six years ago for a dark retreat. And so he brought up this metaphysical school and knew a few women who had gone through it. And he connected me to one. So I get on the phone with her. And the amazing thing about it is like she doesn't give a ton of details because it's a mystery school. (laughs) And the whole point of it is to not really, you know, you can't share all their secrets. Um, But just the way she was talking about it of how it completely transformed her in the time she was there and just what shifted. Uh, I was like, I need to do this because she said the main goal was like discovering who you are in the process. Like that's what they teach you there through the elements. And it was like, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. So fast forward like three months later I went through this program and it did completely transform me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I found it. Were you doing
0: like mentoring and coaching work before
1: Yeah, I was. So it was just like, you're
0: kind of going through that, like dark night of the soul, Mm -hmm. feeling lost, not like finding, like being able to find your way out of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had had gotten divorced four years ago, so that's what started me on the path of coaching. And I thought that was my dark night of the soul (laughs) (laughs) until shit came up last year. Of course, it always does, right? Oh my God. Uh, So yeah, yeah, that was like the biggest, biggest shift for me to really finally feel whole again.
0: I just like think so many people have had so much coming up over the past. I don't know. Like I, my experience over the past two years has been like a lot of shit coming up, but also a lot of like traumatic experiences. And I just think it's so interesting how collectively we seem to all be having the same experiences in totally different formats, but emotionally and spiritually, it feels very similar at the same time. So it's like, I don't know that, I can't wrap my head around it, but everyone I've talked to, especially like podcast people, people in the world, clients, like it's, everyone's been having the same parallel experiences in, in different ways. And
1: yeah, I like to think that collectively we are finally coming through with a shift and that's what all of this, the trauma is that's coming up. Yeah. Like, like that- we have oh. to
0: deal with all this stuff in order to actually purify it and cleanse it and move it through. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I want to back up. <laughs> I, w- I want to hear about your experience uh, being Catholic. <laughs> oh, goodness, goodness, I have so many clients who are formerly Catholic as okay. well. So I just think this is so interesting, like, to be raised Catholic, what you, what other people's experiences were, because I've like, especially in the past, probably three years, unraveled a lot of the programming and things like that have shown up for me and how it's presented in my life. And I just want to understand what other people's experiences were, or being in like a, um, even just like a super strict religion. It doesn't have to be Catholicism, but I think there's other people out there who've had
1: that as a part Much of their experiences. Yeah. So I went to a Catholic school from kindergarten to eighth grade,
0: um, but you got out a little earlier, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fortunately they didn't go to eighth
1: grade. So. Okay. <laughs> <Perfect. Yeah. laughs> um, and interestingly enough, um, uh, fast forwarding here, but I didn't find out until I was much, much older that my parents don't even really believe in Catholicism. It's like my mom goes to church weekly because it's what she does with her friend. It's how they connect. Mm-hmm. And my dad's like, well, I believe more in Buddhism. So I have courses like, why did you send us? <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> this is shit. Like, there's so much trauma from that. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> I was literally telling my mom over the weekend, I was like, I remember in the third grade being like, they had this class where there was like people who came in. It was like priests from a local whatever. I don't I don't even know what they call this up anymore. It's like repress all the words for Catholicism because it's repressed trauma probably Uh, (laughs) but I remember this distinctly as they came in and they told us birth control was killing babies in the third grade oh wow and so that research was past weekend and I was like I like I was so young and this was a conversation they were having with us like what
1: it's wild yeah so I'll say for me like two of the biggest things, my sexuality and good girl. I am the epitome of the good girl. And like, I'm I was, both. <laughs> yeah, like I was telling you earlier. So, so the listeners know, I have a picture of like Madonna and whore in my bedroom. So it's like it's for me to know that I can be both to be the integrated woman. Because I am the Madonna in all the ways. <laughs> i trying to get that, that horror back in here. But, um, <laughs> so like, yeah. And I still, to this day, like, I have a partner who wishes I was the horiest of whores. Like, he's like, please bring me your sexuality. Like, I want all of it just like, yeah. and I'm like, um, but that's bad. You won't love me. <laughs> like, all the things. Yeah. No, it's been a huge block in that way for me. Um, and I just to express it fully, like what yeah. you actually desire, what you want, how you want to be like ravished, like totally just to not have the shame around it. Like there's so much Catholic shame in there. Um, so I'd say that that's the biggest piece is just the good girl sexuality mix. Um, I actually remember loving Catholic school, <laughs> which is really weird. Um, but just, but also note, because I was such a good girl, like I was praised constantly and that's the thing. Like I never, never questioned it. Yeah. It completely, like my entire life was reinforced. I never questioned authority. I was just like a yeah, yes, ma'am, no, sir. You know, all the things. So, um, it's just also like unraveling that, oh, adults don't actually know all the things. I don't have to listen to them. It was just such a distrust to my system of just like, this is the way and this is it and this is how it has to be. And yes, sex is awful and you will get pregnant and you will get STDs and wait till marriage. Even my mother, um, my first boyfriend in high school, I was 18. She told me to wait for marriage to have sex. And I just turned to her and said, did you wait? She just looked forward. (laughs) <laughs> answer, and never brought it up again
0: <laughs> well what I think it is I think it's a scapegoat I think it, yeah. it, it's like I don't want to have because my parents did the same thing of like you want to save it, but there was no conversation about like well what if I don't want to wait like what if I decide like to have this there there's no communic- ability to communicate beyond orders almost is how yeah. it totally. and what i realized is like not only was it catholicism for me but the patriarchy programming was really big in the community i grew up in and so it was like tied together of like it was a way to control women yeah way to repress them of like you you don't do this Mm -hmm. and i remember i remember being so pissed i was 16 and i remember my brother was 16 months older than me And he, I knew he was sleeping with other people, like, you know, doing his thing, like living his life. And I remember the whole school, I was 16, the whole school found out I made out with someone in the back of a car that was two years older than me. And the whole school was talking about it. I I was small high school school, but the entire school. And I was like the slut.
1: Of course. of course. And I was we, like, this doesn't make
0: any sense. The guys are doing the same thing, but I'm the slut? Yeah. I don't understand.
1: <laughs> so awful. Just a constant questioning of who we are. Yeah. Like, this is why I feel like we couldn't fully be, a, be women. Like, it took me a long time to understand what it meant to be a woman. You're...
0: It, until I was probably like until actually interestingly I experienced a lot of trauma and then I I think I just said fuck it to everything and I was like I just <laughs> don't care this is who I am <laughs> like I don't know what somehow that wired my brain differently but until I was like 27
1: I felt like a little girl yeah I felt yeah. like a little girl totally I had to go through that recently and I'm 38 yeah. It's like, oh wow, my little You're girl. You're 38.
0: No, no. Girl, <laughs> you look so good. <laughs> Thank you. You feel mature. Like your energy feels very mature. But like, I would never. Yeah. Do
1: 38. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I could just see how my little my little girl patterns and the good girl and the, the little Catholic girl would come up and just be like, I can't do that. Just blocking me in so many ways. How else has that shown up? Like in business, has it shown up in relationships? I know
0: you said a little bit it just about like the sexual part of your relationship, but how how have those patterns shown up for you? Like as you move throughout your life. So if someone's listening and had similar experiences, they can maybe recognize where some of that patternings are showing up for them.
1: Yeah, I guess I could speak to like getting married. So that was a thing that I just, it was like such an end goal for me. And I think because of the Catholic church of like, marriage is it like you need to be married once you're there you've made it um and so and against my will i got married in the catholic church (laughs) it was awful like it felt so terrible to me um but that was that was a big part of it It of just like following what i thought i had to follow to be loved was a huge piece and being accepted um so that's a big one. And then just like, I mean, definitely with sexuality, even how I am now with my current partner compared to how I was with my husband is completely different. Cause I was like, sex is for love or procreating and that's it. It's like, I couldn't enjoy it. So if he was having fun, great, but I never had any desires or needs or wants in my marriage. And now that's completely shifted where it's like, I can come and be like, I want this and it's like, hell yeah, let's do it. So, um, just that, yeah, that's a, that was a huge block. Like being able to actually have a desire. Yeah.
0: And for me, that translated, I don't know about you, but it translated into other areas of my life other than just sexuality. Like I would say up until it was like my first few relationships out of college. I didn't really date in college, but the first few, I was just like, kind of like, like you were, I don't have desires. If you're having fun, if you're like getting off great I don't need to and I didn't really even understand what like desire was because of the program I didn't realize that was like an option for me almost it was like it's not even an option to have pleasure Mm -hmm. and then I think around the time that I quit my full-time job I started to realize that it wasn't just in sexuality but it was also in like what I get to do with my life and like how I get to create something that actually feels enjoyable to me. And it was still very much from like the little girl perspective, but I started to rebel against the system Mm -hmm. and against like, I'm going to quit my job as a dietitian and do something that is totally my own. Mm -hmm. So it was like little mini rebellions that started to push me in a different direction. when did you start to feel like some of that programming shifted for you or how did you start to unravel some of that
1: yeah honestly it was with my current partner like he's the one that's been able to like pull it out of me he's i would say the first safe male i've ever been with so that's also why a lot of my childhood trauma was able to come up Mm -hmm. Um, and he had like he went through years of getting rid of his sexual shame so Um, just understanding the process of what it takes and just having the space to literally be like, have someone say to you, all of you is welcome here. Like I want more of you. I want more of you. I want more of you. And that was to be like, wait, are you sure though? Because if you know this little piece about me, you might not like me. And then I'll show it. And he's like, love it. Give me more. What about this little piece? Oh, love it. Give me more. Mm. So It didn't matter if I had any weird desires or, or wanting to do something different. Um, It was just welcomed. So, like, that was such such a big shift. And, and then just, like, going back to pleasure, though, like, it, out of sexuality is, like, yeah, you can realize that you could experience pleasure in other ways. Like, it doesn't have to just be sensual. And I think it was, like, I have to appreciate this and this and this and not all these other things that's in the world because of how I was raised. So it does, like, come out sideways in that way, too. Kind of
0: all bleeds together. I think what you just said was so powerful, though, of, like, having a safe masculine container to express that in. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Uh How did you find that? Tell me more. (laughs) That is what your girl is looking for. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to know the story of how i to know. Like, I think you kind of told a little at the women's circle where you asked him, but I want to know, like... I love, okay. So here, here's my, I need to hear more of the stories of mm-hmm. people who found like really solid partner. I'm going to cry. Um, oh. Really solid partners. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, Cause I need those expanders right now. Yeah. I totally feel that. It, it's so interesting, Shelby, because if I go back to my journal from like, oh, we've been to that for almost two years now. So like two and a half years ago, um, like he's a public figure on Instagram. So It is in men's work. So I was writing my journal, like, man, it's so exciting of the possibility that I could be with someone like him. And then I end up with him. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, we met um, through Instagram and then he put on a workshop, a co-ed workshop in Denver two and a half years ago. And I went to it and didn't think anything of it It was just like, of course, there's women around him all the time because of his work and what he talks about. And I just go to give him a hug at the end. And later on, he tells me, he was like, oh, your hug just felt so warm <laughs> that I just needed to get to know you more. Uh, but we didn't talk until like months and months and months later when COVID hit, he got stranded here in Colorado. And I just reached out to him literally only to be friends with him. It's like, I hope this guy thinks I'm cool enough to be his friend because I just wanted more conscious masculine men in my life. Yeah. And yeah. So I feel very fortunate that that's how it unfolded. <laughs> uh, but it was me just literally, I wanted to be in a more conscious space of people who yeah. think the way I do and understand energy. And uh, so I think that was a huge part of it. Cause I did not have that at all in my quote unquote previous life. Yeah. What was your previous life like? Uh so I'm from Chicago, which is a huge binge drinking city. Yeah, uh, I'm drunk to. Yeah. in yeah. my <laughs> yeah, hometown uh-huh. even more. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I was drunk a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm I've been sober for two years now. And it yeah. wasn't because I had an issue, but I just like I'm sick of this. Like we would only get together with friends, and no matter what we we're doing, even you know, if we we're just sitting at someone's house, there was always alcohol involved. Um And so I reached a point, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I want to connect to people at a deeper level and just realize that, like, we're not really present when we're drinking. Um, And so, yeah, there's a lot of me avoiding my feelings, like the classic, you know, (laughs) (laughs) going out a lot, Uh not living the life that I wanted, like having low key anxiety every day. (laughs) (laughs) So one day it was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna get slapped in the face with my divorce. And now's the time for you to actually realize what you want in life and and go for it. So up until that point, did you leave Chicago after the divorce?
0: Was it something that like, it kind of all happened at the same time for you or what? Your divorce was four years ago, you said?
1: Four years ago. Yeah.
0: Four four years ago. And that just propelled you into the path that you're on now.
1: Yeah. So there was, um, I knew for a couple of years, I didn't want to be in Chicago. And, uh, my husband at the time, we actually traveled for a year for his job and we're moving every four months. So we were in San Diego when I left him. Uh, but I went back to Chicago and lived with my sister for a year. But that whole time I was like, I don't want to be here. This feels awful. Where do I want to live? Da, 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 da. And I also lost my job a month after leaving my ex-husband. So my whole world was completely open up. Uh, but it took me a long time to finally get into a place where I felt ready to move forward alone. Uh, Cause I always had this thing of like, I can't do it alone. I need a man to to move with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Denver was always a place that I thought he and I would end up. So it's like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to go.
0: I love that. <laughs> and you did end up with you and him. It was just a different him. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> way better version. <laughs> a way better version, more conscious, yeah. safer, <laughs> amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, any other part of your like experiences that you feel called to share with the audience? I know we're getting close on my half hour mark, but is there anything else that you felt called before you came on to the podcast? Or you're like, I really want to talk about this today.
1: Yeah. One thing I would love to share is just um, the value of presence, mm-hmm. which I think has been a huge thing that I've, I've been talking about with a lot of women. I hosted another women's circle this past Sunday. Um, and it just seems to be coming up a lot. It came up with a client before this call of how people's lives drastically shift when they become more present with people, with themselves, with whatever they're doing. Um, And it was something that my therapist was trying to work on with me for like seven months. And it wasn't actually until Guatemala where it completely landed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think this also comes to, or relates to me quitting drinking because I didn't realize how Present I was when I was drinking and and obviously like, well, you're drunk and blacked out. So of course you're not there. Um, But just the value of it and how like deeper connections can come about and just meeting people in a different way when you're really paying attention to what's in the here and now.
0: I love that. That's so interesting. I was like, I call it my psychic abilities, but it's also being able to sit with like what's coming up and relate it to Like the subtle energies you pick up when you're able to drop into the now and how you can figure out or understand life so much deeper when you understand like the energy around you and the subtle things people are saying or the subtle things that you can pick up on when you're actually in the conversation with someone. What I'm curious about is what about Guatemala in addition to the elements, but like, was there something that like really allowed this to click in for you where you were able to get really present or come back into your body and like
1: be. Yeah. It was meditation practice, Mm -hmm. which I had meditated on and off for a number of years, but we were meditating for an hour and a half every day, six days a week. Uh And it was 30 minutes of silent meditation uh, in the morning. And then thirty minutes of silent meditation at night, followed by thirty to forty-five minutes of guided meditation. And every time I was in meditation, like that's when all the like the shifts was like oh oh this and this and this and this and this mm. uh, started happening. So just being able to get quiet which I'm like, I'm, I was always really good at being, I shouldn't say always, but it's was pretty good at being with myself. But in the silence, like that's when things started shifting and realizing, oh, I'm not present. I'm not here. I'm worried about the past and worried about the future. And it's like, okay, right here. Like there's no problem when I'm right here.
0: I think that what you just said is so powerful. It's like so many of us have gotten good at being alone, but being alone and distracted is very different than being alone and silent. Like I think so many of us, I'm good at being alone because I have a phone, I have a TV, I have my dog, you know what I mean? And I'm like, there's always some sort of stimulation. and. I don't know about you, but I can tell when I'm like avoiding something, when I'm seeking that stimulation for for some of us, that, that can be alcohol. That could be TV. That could be our phone. But I'm like, that's very different (laughs) than presence. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, Katie, thank you so much for being here. I know the listeners are probably going to want to connect with you. There's probably some Denver gals who listen to this that would love to come to one of your women's circles. Yes you are in the Colorado area, definitely, definitely make, make it to one of them. Um, I will be making it again in the future. I just have had kind of crazy is.
1: June. <laughs> yeah, the summer's always hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? Yeah. So mostly Instagram, I'm at Katie.sroka. It's K-A-T-I-E dot S-R-O-K-A, And my website is Coaching.com. Perfect,
0: and we'll link both of those in the show notes for you guys. So if you're having a hard time with spelling or you're not an auditory learner like I am, just scroll down the show notes and you can click the links there. Amazing.